Hi, this is Mistress Katya, and this Mastercast is for adults over 18 and kinky individuals over 18. So if you're under 18, get the hell out of here. Thank you. <laughs> what, what actually happened is, is uh, I interviewed a, a friend of yours, uh, Peaches, and, right. um, and uh, had a lot of positive comments on that conversation. And uh, and then uh, someone who knows Peaches said, hey, if you like to talk to Peaches, you should also talk to Madam Director. And uh, I was like, absolutely. Because usually how it works is it's sort of like, um, it, it, this works this way in the kink scene generally, I find, is that if you have someone who you like and you get along with well, and they introduce you to a friend, there's a good chance that person is also going to be someone you like. And so I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to jump on. Um, especially after the grilling I gave Peaches. I mean, that was just <laughs> hardcore. That was a, but, uh, but you know Peaches fairly well. Uh, I do know Peaches very well. Actually, I would say Peaches is my best friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I met Peaches actually like in the community too. I met him in 2018 um, at an event um, like in the community. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We just saw each other. We got to talking and we had a lot of things in common. And I guess it was like at that time, I was thinking that I wanted to make these videos, uh, these kinky videos, but I wasn't really sure like exactly what I wanted to do. And I met Peaches and Peaches is, um, very into spanking. And, um, I didn't really know that much about spanking. Um, but I had made a lot of videos, uh, not independently, but I had like directed a lot of videos for someone else's company, right. um, in years prior. Um, so I got together with peaches and he said, you know, actually, uh, I would like to be in your videos. I'd like to work on that with you. And I said, okay. And so when we started to collaborate, that kind of, uh, gave the direction for like, who we were going to be in this world that we started to build together, what our relationship was to each other, what was the world. Um, and then within that too, um, I knew that I wanted to do something femdom. And then that's kind of like from Peach's influence, that's kind of like how the spanking element kind of like got into that. So, right. yeah. And then we also have a friendship. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> we like go out for pizza and stuff. I'm always curious about how, and maybe I, maybe I'm asking this question way too early, but I, I, while while we're talking about it, I, I figure we might as well. So you're you're collaborating on a on a video. You're you're deciding what you're gonna you're gonna do. Um, how do you know? I mean, are, are are you are you doing it so? Hey, this is something we're both gonna be, have a lot of fun with, uh, or is it a hey? I know this video sells a lot, and so we're gonna kind of eat. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit further towards uh, what sells more. Also, versus like I can imagine if I was in that situation, I'd be like, "Hey, you know what would be really cool for a video is if the Swedish bikini team came in and uh, you know, uh, you know, and it basically would just be a way for me to get my own rocks off rather than right you know, the facade and of the video." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And uh, and that is, I, I'm going to say something a little bit misandrous right now. That is why I think women generally make better porn directors, because I think that you do have to have some, uh, a little bit of like uh, removal. Uh, you can't, you can't necessarily like put yourself into the fantasy too much. I think that you have to be a bit analytical about it. Um, whenever I make porn, um, I do go from like a scenario of, hey, I think this would be hot. But I also think of um, mostly I think of like what is like, yes, I think what is the story, but I think more so who are the characters? And if I'm one of the characters, I think, who am I physically? I'm mm -hmm. petite. I'm middle aged. Um, so that so that like that within that, there's like certain limitations in terms of like, what is the range of what I can play? And that's part of like how I developed my um, on camera persona. Um and then you have to think of the world, like what would be an interesting world in which this, in which this would happen. But the world can't be something uh, impossible. It can't be, 
I don't know, yeah, like a, a Swiss chalet or something, because how am I going to have access to that? So I'm fairly <laughs> limited by like, okay, what can I film in a Brooklyn apartment? Or, sure. you know, what could I film in a Chelsea dungeon or, or something like that? Um, so I have to kind of like think through like, like, what are my realistic uh, locations that I can film in? What can I realistically portray? Uh, the What slaves and submissives want to appear on camera that are kind of like, could potentially be a part of the cast and what can they do? Like, what are they good at and how do I play to their strengths? And then from there, the story sort of evolves. Um, and also, yes, I collect tons and tons and tons of data. So since 2018, I take a look at every single clip that I've ever uh, created and I see like, yeah, what, what sold. And if something was a total flop, I'm never going to recreate it. Um, if something seemed to be a hit, uh, I'll, I'll analyze kind of like what about it was the hit. Um, and then I'll, I'll kind of like, not necessarily like recreate the same thing, but it's exactly what Hollywood does, which is why you right. just keep seeing like remake after remake after right. remake. This is why we have 78,000 Marvel movies and whatever. Correct. Correct. Uh, but this goes back to the question. So, and I'm always fascinated by this. Uh, 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 George Lucas famously said that uh, a Soviet director had more freedom than an American director because a Soviet director only the only thing they couldn't do is talk about the state, whereas an American director they have to have something commercial, which means yeah. it's a much more narrow uh, window of what they can talk about. Yes. So I'm curious, like, uh, have there been videos where you were like, this was the most fun video ever, and it was a complete flop. Um, and so I'm, I'm pissed off that we can't do that again, or is the fact that it's so fun automatically trans, you know, does it automatically, people can tell you're having fun and therefore it results in, uh, results in at least some interest. Um, Did I answer that? Did I, did, do you know what I'm yeah, getting at? Yeah, yes. But I feel like, I feel like actually there's like, there's like two things there because one is like literal censorship, like in terms of like what the state or the bank or some like external entity says you can and cannot do. And right. the, and the other factor is the market, what right. will and will not sell. Um, right. So those are kind of two different things. Um, if I have a clip that I've made uh, and it doesn't make money. No, I never return to it. <laughs> I never return to it. Um, because I think for me, part of the satisfaction is making money if I'm making, mm -hmm. if I'm making work, um, right. now, now, but that's, but making work is not the entirety of my life. I also am in the lifestyle. Um, so if it was something that I really wanted to experience again, I would experience it. I just wouldn't go to the trouble of turning on the lights and setting up the camera, putting on my hair and my makeup, you know? Right. So uh, I, I haven't really experienced that so much. So where I just had a clip that was like a flop, but yeah, if that, if that was to that's happen. Great. The, I mean, the other good. thing though, yes, yes. The other thing though is, is literal censorship, which is happening more and more so in porn in the United States right now yeah. um there are many many things that you cannot say and cannot do in porn in 2023 that even back in 2018 when i first started making videos were fine um words that you cannot say uh things that you cannot depict and also the regulation around um there are so many like checks and balances now in terms of like uh just like there, there's there, there's uh I can't even talk about it because I'm going to get like very, very emotional. That's Not okay. really where I want to go, but yeah. No, 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 um, no. Whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, if we don't have to go there. Yeah. Um, I, I remember very vividly early on, you know, this is before the internet's prevalence. Um, I, I remember I, I went into a, uh, you know, a, a, a CD video store and um i knew i was kinky from an early age but i went into a, a cd video store and there was a few femdom uh dvds because i was like oh my god this is stuff i didn't know they even made these right mm -hmm. i didn't even know they made and there, there was a, one particular dvd that I, I actually bought two and one was uh one was definitely more uh like it was a a, a dominant woman a submissive female and a submissive male mm -hmm. and um uh and 
it was very, you know, there was there, there was uh, flogging and there was bondage and all this other stuff. And there was a scene where it was very clearly the dominant woman was uh, getting ready to be sexually satisfied by both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was this, this huge warm up, and it was like this whole thing, this whole process of like you know, oh, the female submissive is going to get the male ready and he's going to get, uh, you know, they're going to both go down. And, but none of that happened, right? And I, it was just like, and I I, I emailed her because I, you know, there's just at the very early on, it wasn't online, but you could still email people, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I emailed, I found her uh, her email address, the, the actress who also directed it apparently. And I said, um, I really love that video. Um, I'm curious, is there going to be a part two or something or uh, <laughs> where you actually have sex and stuff like that? Yeah. And she, she said, no, because she said, unfortunately, um, you can't show someone in bondage, at least at the time. Right. This is, you couldn't show someone in bondage having sex uh, mm-hmm. because that was rape, you know, or you couldn't show someone in bondage, uh, you know, the only thing they could do is everyone was completely untied and then they could go at it. Yeah. A lot of things now around around the language, a lot of words that you can't say. And I found, um, the, and the list keeps growing and growing. And I found that, uh, like, even in like my my personal life, I'm so used to now not saying these censored words or writing these censored words that every time in other contexts, when I go to say or write the word mother or the word toilet or something like that. Right my brain stops for a minute and I actually pause and think, am I allowed to say mother here? As if mother is a bad word. Right. Um, because you they, can't say toilet. Uh, depend. It depends on the, it depends on the site. I've been avoiding saying toilet on my only fans because uh, only fans is very, very conservative. And I've heard horror stories of people um, having their account locked and not being able to like retrieve their funds from the account. So um, I get very like ca- uh, overly yeah. cautious about because, uh. okay. So I'll also say that one of the things that one of some of the videos that I made it uh, like it, uh, I guess around like 2014 to 2021, I was making, uh, no, 2020, because I stopped them around the pandemic. I was making um, toilet slavery videos and I had to sell them on a European website um, because I couldn't I couldn't sell them in the United States. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, so, and so I was making at first like golden shower videos and then I was kind of like, okay, I, I could probably post these in the United States. Right. And then it was kind of like the same thing that you described with kind of like that sex scene that was like the, the lead up to the sex scene, but then you had to right. cut right before the sex scene. Um, and I was, I found that it, within the United States, I had to do that. I, I could like do everything leading up to like the golden shower, but then like right before the golden shower, I had to cut it. But of course, I wanted to do the golden shower. <laughs> right, right. So I would do the golden shower, and then um, I would film it anyway because I thought maybe I'll find a place where I can uh, actually um, sell these. And I finally found the site. It was a European site, uh, Yes Clips, and so I uh, I started posting my stuff on Yes Clips. Um, and then a few months ago, Yes Clips, uh, their payment processor was like, no more, no more toilet slavery. It's all coming down. It's ridiculous. Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of like the OnlyFans porn ban, where one day they just said, no more porn, we're taking all the porn down, even though the whole right. site's porn. Same with Yes right. Clips. The whole, the whole site is toilet slavery, but we're going to take all the toilet slavery down because suddenly the payment processor says no. Um, yeah, so so then that happened. And uh, yeah, then, then they got a new payment processor, site came back up, but I don't think that the site's going to uh, be able to continue... I don't, I don't, I, I don't trust. I don't trust. Right. So I'm no longer continuing with that sort of content. So you can, I suppose like you, you have to even be very careful. You can't even say, Hey slave, go clean the toilet because you're worried some algorithm is going to grab it or whatever. That's correct. That's correct. So, like that old George Carlin saying, you can prick your finger, but you can't finger your prick. Correct. Uh, right. <laughs> so you just don't say it. Um, correct. I, I, we're still on videos. And so I'm just curious about, cause the way you, you were describing it, are there situations where you're like, okay, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to just uh, 
lay out a scene that has nothing to do with kink, but it's just easier for me to whatever. Like, have, have you ever been, at, you know, you, you make the scene and let's say the scene is you and another person and you're sitting down for dinner, right? Um, and that's what you're filming. And then and you know that that's what the end result is going to be. Uh, is there ever a time when you're filming and the whole time you're going like, uh, we're not going to film dessert, but I'm actually really looking forward to dessert. Um, do those situations happen where you're like, okay, now we're done with the the, the, the video stuff. Now, now let's continue with the dessert, the actual thing that, you know, does the scene continue after you're, you know, you're done. And you already mentioned like, uh, like in a, in a water sports situation, but like, how often does it happen where you get revved up from the, the video making that uh, when you're done, you're like, okay, let's keep doing this for an hour just because we're enjoying it. Um, that or do you doesn't have more happen... self-control? Well, that doesn't happen so much because uh, I live in New York and space is expensive. So, right. so, so a lot of the time if I'm like renting a dungeon or something to film, I've got like a, a hard out time and that like, I gotta, I gotta wrap everything up because the, the, the space is expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think also like in terms of like utilization of my own time, I think I'm just really practical. And if I'm in hair and makeup, I'm going to have the camera on. Right, right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think I'm just, I think I'm just really very, very practical in that way. Right. Well, uh, you mentioned, uh, looking at the submissive or the slave in the scene, uh, knowing what their skills are. How do you handle auditions for something like that? Do you have a cattle call or do you just know people who know people or, um, uh, when I was first starting out in like 2018, when I first decided that I wanted to start producing some videos on my own, um, sometimes I would meet people in person in the lifestyle. Um, and I would kind of just tell them what I did. And then sometimes they would just volunteer their services. Um, sometimes I would receive emails and uh, from the emails, I could kind of get a vibe if I felt like this was somebody that I wanted to play with. Um, now, I, I kind of have like my my group of right. like the people that I know are going to show up. They're going to be interesting. That's that's something that's really important, actually, that, that a lot of people don't think about is that um, – the, the slave has to be interesting. I think a lot of people think that like the slave is like a prop in a femdom video, but that is not true. He has, you have to have chemistry with him and there has to be something, he has to have, uh, yeah, ability and interesting traits about him that kind of make him like an interesting character. I mean, I, I, I have years ago filmed stuff with my now wife and it, um, um, it, it was always it was a little weird because obviously we played together mostly i mean just without a camera going and then when we had a camera going um it was good when i when i realized when i forgot the camera was there but mm -hmm. every now and again um it felt it felt uh hyper normal or something it felt like it was uh there was one time we were filming for someone else who basically hired us to fly somewhere to film and then they'd own all but you know so it was a free trip so we're like okay and we go and the person they had to film it was a guy who had never who filmed porn before but not kinky porn uh -huh. um and um i can't you know this is the video is not being recorded but his facial expressions during the play was like of shock and and uh, <laughs> uh he was like what the fuck holy sh you know th this type yeah. of stuff right and um his reaction to uh, the play that he had never seen before or whatever was so distracting for me that it was it was because uh, it was like I think mean, we, we did a pegging scene once and he was like I remember he was just like he was still filming but at the same time you could tell his eyes were like what the fuck is what, 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 what the fuck and that was a little distracting is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but you, you don't have that problem. You're like the you're like Carol Burnett. You have your players. You have the people. You have your Harvey Corman. You have you know who you know all your yeah. people. Yeah, that's right. that's true. And and I haven't used a camera person since since the pandemic, um, because 
well, during that whole uh, crisis, I uh, I had to I was trying to like you know limit the number of people in a room. So during that time, really the only person that I worked with was Peaches, um, and I would just kind of like set up uh, a couple of cameras on tripods. And, and we would do like a, a spanking scene or whatever. Sometimes he would be wearing a mask <laughs> while I would be spanking him, but his head would be like down <laughs> and you couldn't see that he was wearing the mask. That was such right. a weird time. But after I, I kind of developed this process of using these two uh, cameras on tripods, I just kind of thought to myself, I don't really need a camera person because I started to realize that... Um, a lot of the uh, submissives and slaves that I were using, that I was using on camera, were were not professional actors, trained actors, and did feel uncomfortable with another person in the room during the scene, especially if oh. it was like a male camera person and they felt kind of uncomfortable maybe having another guy kind of like in the space. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think actually using just a camera on a tripod or two cameras on tripods. Um, makes it feel more like fly on the wall, more intimate. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, before we started, I asked, I said, uh, do you, um, what name do you prefer to go by? And then you said you gave several names. Oh, and, yeah. Um, let's go through your names and the history behind those names. Sure. Uh, when you started sure. in the kink scene. Uh, yeah, well, um, when I started, I started in the, in the kink scene, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell my origin story. Yes, please. Um, I was working, uh, as an exotic dancer, uh, in a club, uh, outside of New York city. Um, and I had a friend who was also an exotic dancer and she said to me, you know what? My name as an exotic dancer was Lola. <laughs> she said to me, you know what, Lola? I sometimes go to New York City and I go to these parties and for some reason, I just think that you would be into it. And I went, okay. (laughs) Uh, So I got in her car, (laughs) which was uh, a a Volkswagen Bug. Uh, wow. One of the like two two thousand one two thousand. Oh, those ones, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. One of the like resurgence of the Volkswagen bugs, right? And uh, we drove several hours uh, to get to New York City, and um, she took me to uh, one of the tribe parties. I think it was probably like Impact or something, mm-hmm. and. I had no idea what was going on, um, but I knew that I kind of like liked the aesthetic. And uh, I, you know, people were asking me if I was like a top or a bottom or whatever, and I I didn't know. And I think someone said to me like, well, most women are submissive, so So maybe try that first. And I was in my early 20s, and I didn't know anything, and I was just kind of like, oh, okay. so, uh, so I tried, so I tried that and, uh, I liked, I liked bottoming. Um, and so I, this was, this kind of became a tradition, me and this friend from the, from the club, uh, we would get in her Volkswagen and we would drive to New York and, um, it would be kind of like an exciting road trip. So we continued to do that around, around the same time I got recruited out of that same, uh, strip club by a fetish video producer who ran a company uh, called called Brat Princess. Um, and this producer asked me if I was interested in portraying like a, a femdom or if I was interested in, in portraying a submissive. Um, and because I had mostly, uh, most of my experience was bottoming, I said, um, I think I'll try playing a, a portraying like a, a submissive. Uh, so my very first, my very first videos, uh, feature, uh, a persona called Slave Girl Lola. Um, and I had that persona, uh, from like 2007 till probably 2013. Around 2013, I went to, it was actually FETCON of 2014. I went to FETCON and something started to like shift for me. And I just kind of thought to myself, no, I want to start topping. Um, 
And then I like started to learn all of the skills. Um, I was also working behind the scenes at that point for Brat Princess. Um, so I was learning all of the production skills in terms of uh, how to film femdom videos and also how to film pornography in general, um, how to edit things, uh, yeah, how to build a world and build a story. Um, yeah, so around 2014, I started taking a lot of classes, taking a lot of classes um, at like tests and stuff like that and sure. kind of, yeah, figuring out like what it was I wanted to, yeah, like develop skills in. Um, I'm sorry, are, are you planning your personal life as well quite a bit or is it mostly just uh, for the camera or um, I, I, I would like to focus a little bit on this shift a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. But uh, around 2014, I also got a job in a dungeon. <laughs> right. I kind of went all like when I went all in, I went all in. It was like this shift in my life where I kind of realized like <laughs> I want to be a dom. Right. It is my life's calling. Um, at that time, I was in a vanilla relationship. It was a long term vanilla relationship. And that relationship did end. Um and I began to play more and more in the lifestyle. Um, and yeah, like where I guess like where I am now in 2023, um, I'm I'm about as all in as you could be. Um, right. It's my lifestyle. It's my career. Um, yeah, I kind of like as much as you can live it 24-7. I live it 24-7. Um, but I don't have a partner. Um because I'm actually very, very independent. And I don't think that I would want to have a slave or a submissive around me constantly. Although that is starting to shift for me a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, out of curiosity, like did, when you decided you wanted to dumb, was there still aspects of bottoming you enjoyed or were you just like, no, I'm kind of done with that? I started, so uh, this is maybe odd to say, but I think both in topping and bottoming, I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of using it to work through things. Right. Maybe we're not supposed to do that, but I do feel like, I do feel like that is what I'm, what I'm doing. My, my videos is a bottom, the, the subject material is, uh, and I and I created the plots for all of them. They're, they're all my ideas. Um, they all very heavily revolve around girl bullying, um, girls being mean to another girl. Mm -hmm. And I started to kind of like get to the age where I felt like this doesn't. For one, I felt kind of like I released it. <laughs> like I just moved past fetishizing it because I didn't really feel like a girl anymore. And I also felt like it would be silly to continue to portray that character on screen because I no longer really typed as a girl. I did around that time start looking. Um, I, I did start looking into like uh, other fetish video producers and kind of like asking like uh, like if they were interested in filming with me as like a submissive. And then they kind of like gave me this list of things that they would expect me to film. And they were all very sexual. And I, the submissive thing was actually never really explicitly sexual for me. And I never portrayed anything explicitly sexual on camera. It was all um, emotional masochism. Right. Um, where effectively I was doing these kind of like humiliation videos where like these girls would gang up and ostracize Lola and like bully her um and nobody really wanted to film that the videos actually were doing quite well on Brat Princess um but but it was kind of like not the standard market for right. <laughs> for, for what people were expecting like a slave or submissive to do um yeah so um so then I kind of like went through a list of like what do I want to do on camera um, and I realized that more of the things that I wanted to do on camera were like on the like mistress side of things than sure. any other sort of like role. And I was like, I'm going to start 
creating, like crafting a persona that is a mistress. And I found out actually a lot about, it's kind of weird because I, I used my persona to find out a lot about myself as opposed to the other way around. I don't, I don't think that's out of the ordinary. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who discover things, you know, um, uh, and also finding out that some things are contextual, you know, mm. um, do you, do you, in your personal life, do you find, um, I, I guess my, I, my question is when you're, when you're recording a video, let's say you have something, uh, you've planned out and you're doing the video, are there, um, freeing aspects of the constraints of the video? Absolutely. Um, because Absolutely. you can't go so far or whatever? No, because I can go farther. You can go when further on video. Yes, yes. Because, uh, because, because, yes, because of the constraints. I feel like I can always go deeper when I'm on camera because, uh, because I, because I have a high level of trust with the other performer, especially when I'm performing with Peaches. Um, I have been working with him for a really long time. Um, we we we've said this before on other podcasts, so I think I can say it. We we are both trained actors, um, so when the camera is on for both of us, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like our our space, and kind of like it adds another element to it for us. Where um, oh, why do why are constraints helpful? Constraints are helpful because they're safe, right? It's safe. It's it's kind of yeah. It's kind of safe to know like what your frame is and having the camera on, I think is just another helpful like guidepost. Is it, is there also an aspect of, Oh, this isn't really me. This is a character I'm playing. And therefore, um, no, no, there's none of that. No, no, no. You're very Daniel no. Day Lewis is what you're no, saying. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because anytime you're acting, you can never think this is not me. When you're acting, if you're if you're doing acting correctly, you're thinking that it is you, but you always have something in the back of your mind that knows where the parameter is. And the yeah. parameter is like, and the parameter is something you kind of like set in your subconscious kind of before you hit go. And the parameter might be something like, um, I can leave a mark here, but I can't break the skin and cause bleeding. And so I will have total abandon until... I know that the strike may cause bleeding. And I know Peaches's body very well at this point. And I know mm. a strike that will cause bleeding. So I just know, yeah, it gives me a, a better, a, a greater sense of abandon to know, to kind of like, it's almost like a machine where in one part of my brain, I set the parameter and it's almost like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like setting the metric somewhere in the back. Yeah, but no, there's a variable that you, else is like, right. Yeah. There's a variable called extremity and, and that's what you uh you set it to okay, we're only going up to a 5 here. Yeah. Um in your personal life, do you find um that uh let's say spanking is a perfect example. In your personal life, because you do so many spanking videos, uh are you less interested in doing spanking in your personal life because you get that checkbox uh or or do you find you enjoy it just as much because it's more intimate and when it's not when there's no video running or um i guess well, when, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm curious if if the videos scratch the itch and so you can do something else in your personal life no i still want to do it in my personal life but when it's in my personal life um and i mean i'm also a pro dom i also i also take sessions um but but if it's like if I'm seeking a partner for my own gratification, it will be for one of two reasons. It will be either because they possess a skill as a bottom that I find quite desirable, or it will be because there's something about their personality that I find like very appealing. But it won't be like if I was to show up at a spanking party and be like, I have a spanking fetish and I am giving spankings. It would, there'd just be like a line. <laughs> right. 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 I, I had a, a conversation with um, I think I can, I think I can say this. I had a conversation with Kelly Payne and she told me a story. Kelly, you know, Kelly Payne has been making spanking videos for years. She told me a story about how one time she went to a spanking party and she showed up and everyone was like, Oh my God, it's Kelly Payne. And she just had a line. 
<laughs> some, something about that is flattering, but something sure. about that is also just kind of like, um, th- that's not necessarily the experience you want in your personal life. There is something kind of narcissistic about it. That's like, wow, I'm really desirable. Look at this line. But right. there's also kind of, there's something also sort of exhausting about it. Like, um, no, I'm not, I, I'm not going to connect with, with everyone here. I need, I need, I, I, I I'm going to connect with maybe one or two people here and that's going to be enough. So, yeah. Also you, you, you wonder, um, I mean, that is, I mean, that is flattering, but, um, I mean, I guess I've never been in that situation, so I can't imagine, uh, like, I, well, I do know, like I had a friend once we were at a play party and she was just doing uh, uh, some rope bondage. It wasn't anything directly sexual. I think I even had most of my clothes on. She was doing some rope and this guy walked up, um, stood like about, you know, five feet away from us. And he said, I'm next. And, um, so obnoxious. Head, no. right, right. So obnoxious, man. <laughs> And uh, and she was like, "What the fuck is what?" And I was also like, "What the fuck is what?" what? Yeah, as if it was a you know, as if it was a ride, you know, um, yeah, like Coney Island or something. Yeah. Um, so, but I can definitely. Uh, 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 that being said, and also sad, you know, my wife has also said too, like what she does not want is to be a you know a a, a kinky Pez dispenser in right. her personal life. You know, she right. doesn't want that. Right. I can't relate to that. I would love to be a kinky Pez dispenser. I mean, I would, I would love. I mean, I would love it if I was sitting there uh, going down on a woman, and another woman comes up and says, "I'm next." You know, that would be a dream. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's amazing. But obviously, obviously, I'm coming from a point of scarcity compared. to, You know what I mean? So for me, it, 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 and, and also in my mind, it's an ideal person too, right? Right, right. And it's not, I guess it's not even like scarcity versus abundance to me. I think it's more like, I think that a lot of women have a lot of experiences, like, I guess in terms of like, I'm thinking of like femdom, we have a lot of experiences where we are objectified, sure. even the dominance, right? And, uh, and and so I think um, a lot of the connection that we're, that we're looking for is being seen as a person. Um so, so, but also that's interesting in femdom because in femdom, you also want to be idolized. Right. So it's kind of like this interesting thing where like in the context of the play, you do want to be idolized. But if you have a, a, a relationship, you want to be seen as who you are, which actually I think is why a lot of my relationships are not romantic relationships because in my romantic relationships, like if I'm going to keep it purely DS or purely sexual, I want nothing but idolization, actually. Right. Um, but if I have any level of emotional intimacy and it kind of like I can do like DS in friendship and then have like that emotional intimacy. Um, but yeah, it gets it gets kind of like this weird, complicated, complicated area for me if it's like I'm trying to be idolized and also loved. It is no, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. You wrote about ethical non-monogamy, or actually polyamory, and uh, not too long ago. I know how New York scene. It seems like a lot of people are polyamorous now. Oh yeah. Um, and which I find fascinating because I I, uh, I I don't consider myself polyamorous. I consider myself ethically non-monogamous in theory, not in practice. Right? Uh, in in theory, meaning if I if I did meet someone who wanted to play with me, then I would play with them. Right. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it's just me, you know, uh, you know, cause I realized when we started playing separately, Oh shit, it's much harder when uh, sod is not part of the package. You know, it's, it's very, it's very different. Before, <laughs> before I was like, wow, there's all these people who want to play with this. This is great. You know? Uh, and then when she's not there, I'm like, Hey, where did everybody go? <laughs> um, but I found it, fascinating too because i've i've talked to a lot of people i have a lot of submissive female friends who they have a lot of play partners and they have play partners that fill these different needs for them right Mm -hmm. so like they have a uh they have a caning partner they have a bondage partner they have a whatever partner right Mm -hmm. Uh, and for them that's the appeal right Mm -hmm. and is it something similar for you where you have like different needs met by different people or like yeah. Um, are, you, are you comfortable talking about those needs or, or no? 
Uh, well, I, I think so. So I'll talk a little bit like kind of like going back to names because I because I only really talked about Slave Girl Lola. Um, and then uh, and so then so then the second name that I that I chose that I kind of like transitioned to from Slave Girl Lola was Madam Director. And and it ties into your question that, that you just asked me. I chose Madam Director actually because it's a nickname that a friend of mine used to call me. Um but I chose it because a director does not really like place things onto other people. A mm. director sees things within uh within a performer and then kind of like draws out that performer's strengths. Um so so that's why I kind of like chose director as sort right. of like an honorific. Um right. because I didn't really I didn't really see myself as kind of like placing um kind of like aggressively placing, you know, whatever, like aggressively placing behavior or whatever, like onto somebody, but instead kind of finding like, what is, what is an innate gift or something like within them and then amplifying it to better serve me. <laughs> um, so, so within that, yes, I have multiple partners. Um, I'm not really looking, what am I looking for? I, at 40, uh, I I am very sadistic. That is like what I have come to at this at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I like to find partners that are pretty masochistic. Um, but I like people who are masochistic in different ways. Um, I like I like I'm, I'm pansexual. Um, so yeah, there's also that. Um, yeah, so so I guess like hmm. When you say masochist in different ways, can you yeah. explain like some of the different ways? Yeah. So mas so I yes, so some masochists um some masochists enjoy physical pain. Some masochists enjoy more like uh emotional uh emotional masochism or humiliation things like that. And then of the masochists that enjoy physical sensation, physical pain. Uh, there are many, many different types of physical pain that a masochist uh, will prefer. Um, so, so, so yeah. So in terms of, I guess, like what I'm looking for now, uh, my favorite thing, my favorite, my favorite activity is, uh, is caning. Um, I'm finding that like the older I get, actually, like the the less I kind of want like a heavy implement and the more I want like a, a, a light implement just in terms of like I'm a petite person. I don't want to have to like carry something heavy around. Um, I'm also just kind of like not really as strong as I used to be. Um, so I just I kind of want something that is light and efficient. Sure. Um, yeah. So on a very practical level, um, I like a uh, masochist that enjoys sting <laughs> sure. that will like, that will like the, the sensation of, of like a cane. Um, yeah. Um, when you first said that, when you first said, I like a masochist who likes sting, I was like, well, I, I enjoy the early police albums, but not so much <laughs> his, his later stuff. <laughs> Dream of the Blue Turtles is where I draw the line. <laughs> That's a uh, police music. The artist uh, reference to you young kids listening uh, out there. Um, synchronicity is where it, where it really hit hit their, his stride. Um, <laughs> so there is a um, so it's mostly masochist. You said something earlier. You said if someone has a specific skill mm -hmm. that intrigues you or something like that, how do you how do you find this skill? Like, or or are you at a play party and you notice, oh, that person can you know. I don't know, put their legs behind their head or, or, or is it a physical <laughs> skill or is it, is it something like, I'm trying to think of like, when you said a skill, I, I imagined, I don't know, GI Joe, everyone has their own special skill or something like that. You know, uh, how maybe I don't necessarily mean the word skill actually. Uh, I think, I think for, I think for my, I think for myself, uh, my, my goal in life has always been to like, um, one of my goals in life has always been to like acquire skills and like refine my skills. Um, so I guess, yeah, on some level being a skilled person, no matter what the skill is, is kind of like attractive to me. But I think also, I think maybe what I meant was uh, 
possessing certain gifts. I think everybody kind of like has like their own their own unique gifts. Right. Um, right? So um so yeah, so 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 when you're a femdom, a lot of different like especially like male submissives, male slaves, they'll approach. And I I when I wrote that article, like what part part of the like one of the issues that I was trying to address with it is kind of like this directionlessness that sometimes you'll get in like that initial approach, which is very, very frustrating when someone approaches you and you're just kind of trying to figure out like who are they? Like, right. who are you? What are, what are you about? What do you like? What do you dislike? You know, what are you into? And you're just kind of met with, and this is the first thing that you're met with. I am whatever you wish me to be mistress. <laughs> right. And you're like, uh, okay. Right, um, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So like if I meet that guy on the internet, I will just say like, okay, I wish you to be a wallet. Give me 20 bucks. And then I'll right. never talk to him again because it's going to be like, it's just going to be like too much to dig through to try to figure out like what direction, like how do, how do I train you? What direction do I, do I, do I pull you in? I don't know. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess ultimately I'm looking for someone who kind of like knows themselves right? and then, and, and, and then, and then, yeah. And then, and then you're looking for a match. You're kind of like looking for a match in terms of like, like, what do you want to do that night? Like, like, do, like, do I want to go on a caning bender? Most of the time I do want to go on a caning bender. If I'm out, most of the time I do want to go on a caning bender. So yeah. Have cane will travel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it is difficult because, so as someone who's mostly service oriented, um, and what I enjoy is purely conditional on what gets the other person off, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything is so conditional for me. So, like, there are there are tons of things where I can I can imagine being like, hell no, I don't want to do that, you know, whatever. Um, but there's a ton of things that I would love to do if it gets the other person off. So it's so hard for me to say. That's why I, I, I those conversations, whether it's on lines, you know, if I match with someone on a dating app and they ask, "What are you into?" and I'll be like. Oh God, uh, uh, can you go yeah. first? You know, <laughs> you go first and I'll tell you, you know, it, I, it's so difficult. I think it's really fair though. in in that scenario to, to just be honest and to say that I'm service oriented and I'm going to, I'm going to really enjoy whatever it is that, that you say that you're into. But from that, I will also be judicious because if you, if I, if I then say, I really enjoy caning. Have you ever had a cold caning before? And you say, no. And I ever say, have you ever had a bare hand spanking before? Right. And you say, no. I'm going to, if, if I like you, I might like divert what I initially wanted to do to maybe, I do also like having my feet worshipped. So then maybe I'll throw that out there. Sure. But if I just kind of know, like, look, this guy's not going to be a match because I really want to do a cold caning. And even though he wants to please me, I am not going to cold cane someone that has never even had a bare hand spanking. I'm just going right. to say, thank you so much for your approach. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to go refill my seltzer. <laughs> right. <laughs> One thing I've, I've found funny with sadists is because uh, I've had conversations with sadists and they're, they're like, are you a masochist? And I'll, I'll say like, well, I, I don't get physically turned on from pain. Right? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get physically turned on for it. I enjoy enduring pain for someone else, but I don't, I don't crave it. Uh, I don't, I, I, I'm, uh, every now and again, like if it's an emotional release that I can, I, I'm like, oh, I, would, I could really go for a caning right now or something, you know, whatever. But I don't, I, I, I don't go looking for it. Um, uh, but I do enjoy doing it when the other person, you know, Saad is a sadist, so she enjoys caning and all that. I do enjoy doing it for her. But the tricky part is, is like I've talked to other sadists who are like, no, I want someone who's like really going to get off on it, right? Mm. Uh, which is totally understandable, obviously, right? Mm. Um, uh, but also, like, I can't fathom it's still difficult for me. I can't fathom why someone would enjoy uh, giving or receiving pain um, because I don't have that. I'm not wired that way. I do mm-hmm. it and I can, I can enjoy the eroticism of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the physical, like if someone says stinger or I'm like a dealer's choice, I'm, whatever, you know, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to hate the pain either way. Right. Um, 
but I'll enjoy doing it for you, but I'm going to mm -hmm. hate the pain either way, either way, you know, it's, so whatever you, you want. Um, but that's frustrating for uh, a lot of sadists I find because they're like, oh fuck, I really wanted you to really be getting off on this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've found some other people love the fact that I'm not getting off on it, you know? So it's very strange. It's very strange. No, you, you know what that is. I'll tell you what that is. I'm pretty sure of this. I think that that is the difference between an empath who calls themselves a sadist because actually what they're getting off on is the pleasure of the masochist and a true sadist. A true sadist would get off on the suffering of someone who is actually not enjoying the experience. But an empath would say would call themselves a sadist in BS BDSM scene, but actually what they're looking for is the pleasure of the masochist, which they will experience uh they, they will experience that themselves. That's very, that's fascinating that you point that out and put it, put it in that way. I also think though that, that, um, and I could be wrong about this is that, um, if someone, let's say, let's say you're in the mood for like a, a I want to do a half hour caning scene or something like that or whatever, whatever, fill, fill in the blank. Someone who's really getting off on it, might easily be able to do a half hour caning scene, whereas someone mm. who's just enduring it might not be able to do a half hour. So you might not be fully satiated, right? If, if that makes sense, unless yeah. it's the, you know what I mean? So, so I can understand why someone would go for either. Right. Um, that's, but that's, but that's really, really fascinating. Um, how you say empath versus uh, true sadist. True or something sadist. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, uh, so w what other skills uh, are, are you like, because I mean, if so, you're going to get creepy emails from submissive guys anyway, they at least better hear what skills you're looking for when they're emailing you. I, I'm not necessarily looking for any particular skill set, I guess. I, I think, I think that it's more like I'm looking for like qualities in a person that I vibe with. Like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm looking for, when I'm looking for like, I, I like someone that has like some sort of skill in their life in general. I, I so I will say like like as a mistress, when you're getting like those those creepy emails on the internet, a lot of times I will ask guys like like what are you good at, and then they'll kind of like this is really sad actually. They'll start humiliating themselves, which does tell me that what they're into is humiliation. But they'll start to say things that are sort of like. I'm not really good for anything. My penis is much too small. I could never uh, satisfy a woman, you know. And then, so then you're like, okay, this guy actually just wants a humiliation session, and he's he's right. tipping me off to that, and I and I'm just gonna like jump into the humiliation session. But the the truth is, like, when I when I as a mistress actually say, what can you offer me? I just want to know. I don't care what it is, and it's not necessarily like to me to me like. Like, I, I don't think I even necessarily like know what it is until until I hear it. I just want to know that there's something about that, you know, yourself and that there's something about you and that you're right. confident with me rejecting you. Right. If, 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 if what you have to offer is not something that I want. Right. So, yeah. So, and I don't want to tell you what that thing is because I don't want you to perform that you are that perfect, that you are that perfect person that's going to fulfill my need. Right. Because then that's artificial. That's I just true. want the right. So I don't want to give you the answer to the test. The test is who are you and what can you offer? That's and if amazing. you can't come to me with self, if you come to me, you can't come. I, I think I said in the, in the article, you can't come to me selfless because what a slave or a submissive, what they really offer is their self. That's that's uh, and, and by the way, there, there's a lot of aspects of your uh, of your blog. I would definitely suggest people because you, you really put a lot of. I don't know if this is a case um, or not, but it it feels like you put a lot of thought into these. Uh, you're, uh, maybe for you, you're just like cranking them out and it's like, oh yeah, I did that in five minutes. I, I put these thoughts in order, but it actually feels like you're contemplating and putting a lot of thought into them. I, um, I think about BDSM 24 seven. I ruminate, right. I ruminate constantly about, yeah. about like, the theory of like why we are how we are <laughs> yeah it's what what i found interesting too is um i was chatting with someone on one of the dating apps or something like that and um they were into kink they were ethically non-monogamous and um they were asking about my relationship and and i said well you know uh, uh 
her needs would always come first. You know, I'm not looking for a romantic partner. I'm looking for a play partner, whatever. And um, she said, um, oh, I don't do hierarchical non-monogamy, right? Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, well, that eliminates anyone in a DS relationship, doesn't it? I mean, or or I should say, I mean, I can't, how do you, how do you remove hierarchy from if you're in a DS relationship with someone, unless you start out and it's like, hey, we're only going to be in this DS relationship in this box, in this time right. window, right? Right. And then outside of that, it's just, I'm like, I can't imagine how, how one could do that. Um, did she, did you, did you ask her? Did she have an answer? No, I think she just said, I'm I, sorry, I don't do that. And then she just disconnected, you know, or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. but you know, the fact that her needs would come first, that was like a deal breaker for her, which if you are, it's like my friend who's, uh, she's submissive. She's ethically non-monogamous. She has like seven play partners, right? And she has seven different relationships. And so her biggest complaint is juggling and managing those because mm -hmm. it's just different for submissive women than it is for submissive guys in these situations, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, um, and, but it is, and I feel for her, you know, when we sit there and talk and she talks about how like she has, she has two partners who are really into, into heavy impact play, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't want to see the marks from the other person. Like they want a clean slate, right? They want a clean slate. So her, one of her big complaints is that she's like, she always has to schedule them like four days apart from each other. She can never see them <laughs> back to back. Right. And. And I, 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 I sort of, it sort of felt like when she was telling me this, it sort of felt like, um, you know, a billionaire going up to a homeless man saying like, look, you have no idea how hard it is to manage all those vacation homes. You're <laughs> consider yourself lucky because you don't know who works where and you got the insurance. Did, did you take care of the insurance on this place? And, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, make sure they uh, clean the pool before you get there. That's too much headache. You're so much better being homeless. I'm not saying I'm homeless, but you know what I'm saying. It was it was it was funny how uh, even even in in such a plentiful play situation as she has, she still had uh, issues she had to deal with. You know, that yeah, were, that were frustrating, sincerely and, and yeah. you know, genuinely frustrating for her. You know, yeah, and. Um, it's not like I discounted what she was saying. I didn't say, "Oh, fuck you." You know, you know, I didn't say, I didn't say, I didn't say that because obviously it was it caused her stress. And and the fact is, she sometimes did want to see them back to back, but she couldn't. Um, mm -hmm. But I found that fascinating. I did find that really fascinating. Um, the the difference in in the two perspectives or experiences, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, so when you are when you when you're out and about in the New York kink scene, uh, you you said you kind of got it in early two early two thousands is when you kind of started. Yeah. 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 What is the big? Uh, you you notice poly people being more non monogamous is one big shift. Are there other big shifts that you've noticed over time? Um, like something I've noticed is more niche scenes, so or niche spaces. Yeah. Um, at least it seems that way. Um, yeah. Um, here's one, uh, I feel as though a lot of, uh, well, like the scene has changed a lot post post COVID. Um, if I was to think back to like 2023 versus 2023, I think there are big differences. I remember, uh, the spaces that events used to be held in were large spaces, um, and I, they were, they were rented spaces, but they were large spaces. And I remember them being filled with a lot of people. Now all of our spaces are very, very small. And there are like, there are not that many spaces left. And a lot of my friends that have cars, um, tend to, they, they, right now, like they seem to be taking their cars and I'm not going to these events. Cause I, I, I don't leave, I don't like live, I, I don't leave the city. Um, I live here and I stay here. <laughs> I'm very right. odd like that, but I, I, I have noticed that a lot, there seem to be a lot more uh, events that are outside New York and people are driving to events in like Pennsylvania and, and places that are like um, doing like overnights and stuff right. away from the city. So everything seems to be less centralized is I think one big trend that I've noticed. Uh, the spaces are generally smaller. The parties mm -hmm. seem to be more intimate of the play parties. But then there's another kind of party 
that seems to be happening that seems that that is different and that it is I call it kind of like a spectacle party or like a performative sort of party where it's not about playing with other players but it's about watching like kink or fetish adjacent performances in like a a big venue like a house of yes type space or whatever right um and i and it seems kind of like it seems kind of like it's like almost like too risky to have like I don't know if it's like too risky to have like the, it might be that it's like too risky to have like the, the people playing together. So instead we're going to kind of like relegate this to like most of the people are going to like watch like this, like spectacle as opposed to like participate. Um, But that seems to be kind of like a a new, a new trend is like opposed to being like an active participant in terms of the play. It's more like, I mean, I guess like in terms of like performance theory too, you would say we're all active. Like if you're, a, if you're a spectator, you're also participating in the performance, but. Uh, before we wrap up, there is something you refer to every now and again on your blog. And I would definitely encourage people to read the blog because there is, um, there's not a lot of this used to be more people would write this stuff and maybe I'm missing it, but uh, uh, maybe it, it just doesn't seem to be as in-depth out there as, as you're, you're diving into it. But you do talk about you do like your live only fans Q&A type of stuff. Is it, um, uh, is it that, is that what it is? It's a Q&A type of situation. Is it like basically what we're doing right now, except uh, on only fans? Is that basically what it is? Or, uh, or is it just people? ask me anything type of situation. Uh, I go live on OnlyFans every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. And sometimes I will have like really elaborate things prepared. It will almost, but if I have something elaborate prepared, it's like I'm almost never doing like a strip tease or like something that you would expect on OnlyFans. If I have something elaborate prepared, it's like a lecture. (laughs) It's it's like an academic lecture on something that I'm thinking about that's like related to like some theoretical BDSM thing. Um right. but also uh but also every every time I go on, I go on for about an hour and uh I always like offer an opportunity to do like an AMA, um, which is always like a little like anxiety provoking to kind of like allow an AMA. Um as like a, as a dom or whatever, because you never know what people are going to ask. Um, and some, sometimes the questions are pretty personal, uh, but yeah, I, I, I usually, I feel like I usually handle them pretty well. Do they usually stick with the subject at, uh, at hand? No, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that's, I think that's part of the problem. But my first, my first couple ones, actually, I, I think I, I think I took down because, um, yeah, the first couple of ones, I I was not necessarily like quite so uh, guided in terms of like I, I didn't realize that I that I had to guide the conversation so much in terms of the right. a, the AMA. I just kind of went on and was like, okay, ask a femdom anything. I thought like that'll be interesting, and uh, and I just kind of like I got a lot of questions about other doms, and I was like. I can't, I can't like, I, I, right. I said, I, this is not going to be like some weird, like tabloid tell all <laughs> where I start telling you about like this retired Dom or this porn right. star that I once worked with in like 2015. I can't right. do that guys. Um, so, so I ended up taking those first couple of ones down cause they seemed a little too chaotic to me. And then I started to realize, okay, I have to kind of like refine this. And, and if it's an AMA, um, yeah, I do have to kind of like be kind of specific about, um, present on a certain topic and then kind of be like, does anyone have questions on this topic? <laughs> well, I mean, it's fascinating. And I mean, because if, if it's in, in depth as some of your blog posts, I mean, I'm sure it's well worth the, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's well worth the time and effort to, to watch and not effort, but uh, time and money to watch. Um, because I mean, again, I will have a link on uh, to your website and to your blog post specifically too. And uh, there's a lot, and I, I, I kind of kick myself because um, what I typically do is I, uh, I will, um, you know, I'll read to someone's website, uh, you know, I'll kind of go through it a little bit before an episode, before an episode. And then, you know, a couple of days before a week before or whatever. And then, uh, about a half hour before I'll, I'll do it again. And, uh, I'm, and that was a mistake on my part because I was like, holy shit, there's so much here. There's so much more here than I thought, than I, than I realized. And <laughs> I mean, that's a good problem to have, obviously. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to read through more of the, uh, the the backlogs in it because there's there's a lot of stuff in there that was fairly, I mean that you I just didn't see anywhere else, and so I, I definitely appreciated that. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to plug or talk about before we wrap up? Or uh. No, uh, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I guess I, I should say like where you can get um, the videos. You can find the videos uh, on Clips for Sale. I am Madam Director on Clips for Sale. Um, and also my OnlyFans is free. So if you want to tune oh, in. Oh, free. To, yeah, it's free. Um, so yeah, if you want to tune into OnlyFans uh, on, on Friday, um, I am at that Lola on OnlyFans and on Twitter. Um, yeah, so 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern, Eastern time on Fridays is when I go live. Well, this is, uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that the person who suggested you suggested you. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Yeah, this is really fun. 